This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. And Pro Football Hall of Famer. The General. Sean McClain. Welcome. Welcome to Utopia. It's a huge game, man. John, it is a it's a good segue into the six-pack here, the pregame six-pack. I mean, what's at stake for the Texans if they win this game? They're tied in record, but they're ahead because of the head-to-head with a really easy schedule. Jacksonville's schedule is not any great shakes either, but they at least have a Cleveland and Baltimore game coming up in the next two and three weeks um, before they kind of finish out with a lot of the same team the Texans have played. There's a Carolina game in there. There's a Tampa game in there. I think they, they close out with Tennessee because the Texans close out with Indy that last week. So these next few weeks, it's really too bad Joe Burrow got hurt um, because the, the the Jags play the Bengals next week, and they're going to catch the Bengals with no Joe Burrow. Texans beat them with Joe Burrow, but they're going to get Jake Browning. So the, the Jaguar schedule isn't anything great. But if the Texans win, I think obviously their probability of winning the division exceeds Jacksonville's at that point. Um, and then if they lose, you're talking about now they're one and one against the Jags, but they're two games back in the standings. And and so that's a problem. You know, that that's to me, that's a big problem. I think the difference in this game, John, to me, is the, dif- the this game is the difference between hosting a playoff game and having to go on the road in a playoff game. If we're going to boil it all down. Also, two games, Denver, five and five, four in a row. Russell Wilson, 19 to four touchdown interception ratio is much tougher than it looked to be. It's going to be here. And then Gardner Minshew, uh, quarterbacking the Colts, he played great in the second game when he replaced Anthony Richardson. He's had big games against the Texans in the past. Colts 5-5 and at home in the last game against the Texans, which could have playoff ramifications. So, And then, of course, they play Cleveland here, and that's going to be great. The ultimate test. Right now, the Browns, are giving up the fewest yards per game than any team in the last 10 years. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's a really, really good defense. That's going to get them into the postseason. I think the Browns, I think the Browns and the Texans are both going to be playoff teams. I just don't know where where in the tapestry they they end up fitting in, but we'll see. All right, let's do the six pack, John. Let's give people let's give people players, coaches, storylines, whatever the case may be, things that are going to affect and impact this Jacksonville game against the Texans on Sunday. You go first. 
I'm going to start with C.J. Stroud because he's had six turnovers in the last two games, and they've won both games. And so you got to hope that that was kind of a, an aberration, a mirage, and then he'll go back to the way he was before with three in the first eight interceptions. And so um, he's got to cut back on the interceptions, and even though they were deep in the opposing end of the field, he hasn't hurt him by throwing interceptions deep in his end of the field, but he's got to stay away from the interceptions because you can't keep winning that way. So I'm saying C.J. Stroud has to have uh, one of his best games, beginning with fewer turnovers to beat the Jaguars. Well, this is an opportunistic Jags defense, too. They, they, I think they lead the league in takeaways. They've they got do. 20 takeaways in 10 games. So this is an opportunistic defense. C.J. was able to stay out of the interception realm the first time these two teams played was during C.J.'s historic start without an interception, 190-whatever attempts it was. Um, so, yeah, the, I'm completely with you on that. It, to me, it's very impressive that the Texans have been able to win the last two games while losing the turnover battle against the Bengals and the Cardinals. That's actually, weirdly enough, that's one of the things that makes me super excited about the Texans is they don't have to win. The, they're a good enough team offensively. They don't have to win the turnover battle and get short fields and things like that to win games. They have C.J. Stroud, who's the most explosive quarterback in the sport right now. Mine, John, on offense is going to be Bobby Slowick and his feel in the run game. And what I mean by that is you're getting Damian Pierce back. Devin Singletary has had maybe the two best back-to-back -back games that any Texans running back has had since Carlos Hyde back in 2019. You know, like I can't remember. A, I mean, Damian had a few good games last year. I never, I can't remember if he ever had, you know, almost 300 yards back-to-back -back games like, like Devin did. He probably did last year. Um, so maybe I'm maybe I'm overshooting that a little bit. Point being that Devin Singletary undeniably is the one guy who's run the ball well the last two games uh, over the course of this season. Like that's been the only time the running game has looked like a competent NFL running game. Damian Pierce is coming back. How does Bobby Slowick mix up that the uh, the carries, the touches between those two? What if Devin Singletary is not running very well, but Damian is kind of a hot hand? Does he go with the hot hand? Does Damian just resume starters? reps we don't know we I, I'm I'm shaking I see you shaking your head I agree with you John on all that and I think the other thing too with Bobby Slowick what's his feel on short yardage situations you know now that you got Damian Pierce back you know who knows maybe he's not tossing to Mike Boone on fourth and two or running back up the middle maybe he feels better about Pierce in short yardage situations than maybe he did about Singletary I have no idea Slowick's meeting with the media today so this will be the first time he's met with the media since he's at a since since he made those horrible play calls on those short yardage situations against the Cardinals but I think Bobby how Bobby Slowick calls things with the the mix now of Pierce and Singletary and what the short yardage look like Slowick in the run game is a big one for me he better stick with uh, Singletary, first back-to-back 100-yard -back game since Lamar Miller in 2018. Hey, there you go. I knew you'd have the numbers, John. There carry you go. the last two games. Okay, get get Damian Pierce some carries. But boy, when they're in, when if they're in short yardage, I still want Singletary there because he's got low center of gravity. He's got moves. He can push the pile if he has to. He's strong. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I, I, you know, if they're going to give him the ball twenty, uh, give give it to Pierce ten or eight, whatever. But you'd stick with a hot hand and sit. And Bobby Slowick's not stupid. Yeah, no, he they, he's a lot of things. He's not stupid. Stupid is not one of them. Uh, John, what's your next one? My next one's going to be um, 
the defensive ends, Will Anderson Jr. and Jonathan Grenard, who have done a really good job statistically, I think they're the best twosome in the league at setting the edge. Everything they do against the run is designed to keep teams from getting outside, to force it inside where the, the goal is to swarm to the ball. And they've done a good job of that. But Trevor Lawrence had got over his knee injury. He threw uh, really well on the run in the victory over Tennessee. He had two touchdown passes, two touchdowns rushing. And he seems to be throwing better when he's on the move. Now, Kyler Murray got broke through for a 26-yard run. He got around outside. They've got to be very disciplined in setting the edge, which they've done. They've got to be careful about Travis Etienne, who likes to bounce it outside when he doesn't see a hole up the middle. So not just with Will Anderson Jr. and uh, Jonathan Grenard sacking and hitting Trevor Lawrence, but they've got to be great in the running game, which they have been because ETN likes to bounce outside. Their interior offensive line's not very good. They get stuffed a lot up the middle. Tackles are better. So expect them to try to get outside, and that's why I like Anderson and Grenard. Yeah, uh, Lawrence has been dealing with a knee for a lot of the year, but he had his best game last week, including running the football. He ran for two touchdowns last week. Trevor Lawrence, is when he's healthy, is very underrated athletically, I think. he's 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 someone who can hurt you. Not not like Lamar Jackson hurt you with his legs, or even Kyler Murray, but he's almost more like Aaron Rodgers, where you got to be mindful of it because he will go get ten or twelve yards if you give it to him. He's six six and he's an inviting target, but he he's very mobile. Yeah. And right now he's throwing better on the run. Yeah. Um, my next one, John, is Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz has been one of the key targets for uh, C.J. Stroud really since the Jacksonville game in week three. He only had one catch against Jacksonville. He really had a tough time getting out of the gate with this offense. Didn't look super comfortable. CJ wasn't really looking for him. Even in the preseason, those two never seemed to be on the same page during the preseason at times. Um, But then something clicked in week four against Pittsburgh. Um, And in the seven games since the Jacksonville game, the numbers that Dalton Schultz has put up, if you extrapolate him over a 17-game season, he's a 1,000-yard receiver. Uh, if you take the last seven games, that's the type of player he's been. He's been a great target for CJ in the red zone. He's got five touchdowns in seven games. Um, so there's a real trust factor there with CJ Stroud and the Jags. They're a good defensive team, but one thing they don't do well is defend tight ends, tight ends. They're 31st when it comes to, I use fantasy points, you know, just yards and touchdowns at tight end score per game. Um, the Jaguars give up the the 31st. They're, they're 31st. They're the second worst team at defending tight ends statistically in the NFL. And Dalton Schultz has been he's been eating this last month, month and a half, John. So um, he's a big key, especially against a team like Jacksonville that can get after the passer. If you're doing more quick game, um, I, we know they're going to attack downfield at some point. But Dalton Schultz is a nice target to have in that intermediate area. So he's he's one of mine to watch. My next one is the Texans versus tight end. Evan Ingram is the Jaguars' leading receiver. And last week, Kyler Murray initially tried to throw the tight ends, and I don't know what the Texans did. They did a good job on on, uh, Trey McBride. But uh, Ingram, because he is the favorite target, they're going to have to cover him, whether it's Blake Cashman, Jalen Petrie, one of the other linebackers, Christian Harris. Harris and Cashman are coming off their best games. And unfortunately for them, it happened the same time when they had three linebackers out. So they, the secondary 
and the linebackers have to do a good job against Evan Ingram. When Zay Jones came back because he's so fast, it allowed them to move Calvin Ridley around instead of just lining him up outside where teams were taking him out of the game. And he just had a touch, two touchdown catches in a hundred yard game. But to me, you could put Stingley out there on, on him and let him stick with him or Steven Nelson, depending on the side, but you've got to be able to contain Evan Ingram. As we know, they've struggled against tight ends for most of the season. The Bengals did the same thing. Remember they threw the ball to the tight end like five times on the first possession of that game, which ended up with a touchdown over the top to that Irwin guy. Um, but the Bengals tried to do the same thing that the Cardinals did last week is feed the tight end. And you're right. The Texans would, I don't know if they made adjustments for whatever Burrow just started attacking with Jamar. Hey, Burrow just started using Jamar chase. What a novel concept in that game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, the tight end is, is a real, is a real key. Um, and it's nice having Stingley back, too. As far as Zay Jones goes, I know you saw the same stat I did, that Calvin Ridley has had his three best games as a Jaguar with Zay Jones back. The, the games they've played together have been Calvin Ridley's best games. So it's providing another distraction. And that's kind of, that's my last one, John, is is the, the, the receiving. You bring up Ingram. I mean, but look at the weapons they've got on the outside and in the slot with Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones, those are some, you know, I don't know if it's elite, elite weaponry, but all those are three really good, really good receivers who can stretch the field. And I think if I'm going to, if I'm going to attach one Texan to this aspect of the Jaguars, as far as like a six pack item that you and I are doing, it's Jalen Petrie, the safety. If you look at a lot of these deep shots, I don't know if it's Jalen late getting over there or if, you know, like in the touchdown against the Cardinals, Stingley slipped. And so Petrie, I don't know if Petrie was supposed to be there over the top or not. I just know Jalen Petrie has not played good football in a long time this season. He's missing tackles. Um, He dropped an interception a couple weeks ago. These plays that get hit downfield, it always seems to be Jalen Petrie that's chasing guys after they catch the football. So um, this Jacksonville's got, they got guys that can hurt you and they've got their full complement of receivers. Zay Jones didn't play in the first game between these two teams. And Calvin Ridley dropped a touchdown pass early in the game. Somehow he got singled up on Blake Cashman in that week three game against the Texans. So um, they've got to contain these three receivers as well. And I'm going to put Jalen Petrie in the crosshairs here because he's, he's got to, you know, he, he's got to prevent some of the deep stuff downfield with these guys. Zay Jones didn't play. Neither did Derek Stingley Jr. Yep, that's true. That's true. Maybe it cancels each other out. Um, All right, so there you go. John, what's your prediction on the game? I'm taking the Texans to win this game 28-24. Okay, I've got 27-20 Texans. So you and I are kind of in the same neighborhood. We have them both winning outright. Jacksonville, as you and I talk, are a a one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Houston Texans at NRG Stadium on Sunday. Should be rocking. Should be a good, raucous crowd out there. Um, and if you are uh, if you're a season ticket holder, you're going out there, get in the stadium early. Let's get in there and get get loud early in this game. 